Kids to bed, dad's home. We are the DWO podcast representing the dad world order. I am the handsome head of household, Mr. Magnificent Mike Martin. With me, as always, my compadres, the Wolf Pack is all here. We got Big Rig, Eric Murphy. What up? And rounding us out, our third, last but not least, he is a world record holding, t-shirt wearing, all-round nice guy, wrestling t-shirt guy, Cephas. I'm going to hit him with a, all right, what up, y'all? All right, what up, y'all? It is day number, what is today? 529, sir. 529, G-Manali. Um, well, as Mr. Magnificent just said, we are the DWO Podcast. And today we have with us the master of talk himself, Mr. Brendan Kamarasamy. Sir, how the heck are you? Life is a gift, guys. Great to be on the show Absolutely. and rock it out with you guys. Appreciate you coming on, man. Um, so, <clears throat> all right, as the first question, uh, obviously we just got out of the way. It's the most important question is how the heck are you? So glad, glad you're doing well. Um, second, uh, most important question. What do you, uh, keep your thermostat set at? My thermostat, huh? I think uh, we're, we're Canadian, so it's going to be in Celsius. So that's probably, oh gosh, be conversion. Oh, gosh. get out your conversion calculator. Honey, get my metric ruler. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think the Fahrenheit is 57. Oh my Lord. I have to go that's upstairs like an ice cube. Do you have Thanks. a do you have a money tree growing in your backyard, sir? <laughs> Just Goodness a couple. Gracious. Gee, Manatly. Well, well. Hey, more power to you, man. You wanna? You're living in Canada. You're just used to the cold. Just keep it cold all year round. Honestly, but guys, I think the numbers right now. I have now I have a curiosity, kind of like pro wrestling. Now I got to run upstairs and see what the turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like fifty-seven Canadian. That's like I'm sure that's like seventy-one or seventy. Yeah, if you like convert American. it to USD, it's probably like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the transfer rate. It's all it's, it's something. <laughs> so, so speaking of Canada, man, I gotta ask: Who is your favorite Canadian pro wrestler? Who is your who's who was your your guy when you were watching wrestling growing up? Canadian wrestling is definitely Edge. Ah, Edge. That is Edge a great Edge. answer. Edge was definitely. Fantastic. He was so good at playing the villain in the early days of his career. Just really, really strong. Oh, yeah. Extremely strong performances. And I loved to hate Edge for a minute. So that, that's yeah. an absolute excellent answer. Yeah, because when I was young, I didn't, re- I didn't know it was an act. So I just thought he was just a really bad guy. <laughs> and, then I, and then I saw him on the Impulsive podcast a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I think I got this wrong. Oh, he's a dad. He's a nice guy. <laughs> nice guy. Nice guy. It's it's funny how many of those memories I look back on, like, God, I hated that guy. And then, you know, now as an adult looking back, like, wow, he's doing a really good job because I hated his guts. Yeah, exactly. He was awful. <laughs> but yet so brilliant. Absolutely. Um, so, Brendan, uh, you want to give us a little uh, background uh, so anybody watching and or listening uh, can kind of know who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure, Big Greg. So so the backstory on me is when I went to college and university, we're going to start off boring here. I studied in accounting, funny enough, which is literally the opposite of what <laughs> I do today. So I thought I was going to be a numbers guy my whole life. And then in college, I started competing in these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, guys, but for nerds. So while the guys my age are playing sports like rugby or pro wrestling, I guess, or basketball or football, I wasn't one of those guys. I did presentations competitively, and that's how I learned how to speak. 
But then as I got older, I started coaching a bunch of students on how to communicate. And I accidentally developed a gift to help other people with it. So I started making YouTube videos in my mom's basement when I was 22 years old on how to speak. And then it just turned to something I never could have imagined. Wow. Well, hey, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, we were talking before the show how, like, all of us kind of met by happenstance. Like, sometimes that those are the best things that happened is when it's just you just kind of fall into it, you know. You may not actively pursue it or think about, you know, oh, man, I want to grow up and be a you know public speaking coach. But, hey, it fell into your lap and you're successful at it. So you got to love it. For sure. And that's something wrestlers, I mean, in general, most wrestlers – are great in public speaking. So I feel like this is a you know great fit for us. You look at some of the greatest orators of all time, you think of, you know, your Rowdy Roddy Pipers and, and, and you know, uh, Chris Jarrett and The Rocks and stuff like that, you know. Some of your most entertaining entertainers could talk on the mic. And that goes for other sports too, like Muhammad Ali. You know what I mean? He knew how to draw them in just with his mouth. Oh yeah, Miz too. Miz was so good at getting people to hate his guts too. Oh yeah, very. That's, I think he's. I don't that's know, I don't that's one of that's Cephas's guy right there. Cephas loves him some Miz so much. I do too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still remember when the Miz first cashed in the his money in the bank briefcase. That was the craziest moment yeah. ever. It was like ten, fifteen years ago or something. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> We're getting yeah, old. I feel, yeah, I feel, I feel dated just knowing it was that long ago. <laughs> I think, I think was it like was two weeks ago. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> and it was eighty-seven. <laughs> yeah, I think I watched that when I was like thirteen or fourteen. That scene, right. and I like, I talked about it for like three months. <laughs> oh yeah, gotta love it, man. Um, so what? Uh, I've watched a few of your um your videos. You kind of just embrace all aspects of speaking, and I noticed that you had a couple like how to make uh, like an elevator pitch or something like that. So is that where like the presentation side comes in? Just, you know, trying to go up there and not ramble and ramble and ramble, just being prepared and, and concise with your speaking. You got it, Big Rig. So you, the idea here is that communication is really vague, right? Like, for example, you could talk about body language, talk about facial expression, storytelling, a bunch of different things. So for, that's why I call it juggling 18 balls at the same time. So for me, it's more about saying, like, what are the three easy balls that we can juggle? So knowing how to do an elevator pitch is one of them. And another one is an example, like the random word exercise, where you take a word like pen or wrestler or mouse, and you create 60-second presentations out of thin air. And that helps you think really quickly on your feet and communicate ideas effectively. Okay. All right. I dig that. You said juggling uh, 18 balls? Yeah, you got it. I think balls. I knew her. <laughs> Sorry, I was about to burst wanting to say Bro, I, I don't care how old I get Watching me butthead at a young age Has made me laugh anytime I hear that <laughs> Juggling balls I was lost. This is how This is how professional we are This is as good as it gets Sorry, I love it, it's a DWO uh, podcast That's right baby, we're all dads We all, You know what, this is a perfect time for a dad joke What do you call it when worms are trying to take over the world? Uh, Global worming Oh, that's good <laughs> My seven year old just gave me that like 30 seconds ago So yes. you're welcome Dropping bars <laughs> she's been on it lately right? i'm telling you she's got good ones man uh so yeah i mean that's just I, I think that's something like i've always been able to speak to people but like when you said speaking can be really vague i do tend to feel like i do that like i'll go off and just kind of ramble and i'll probably hit the same topic like seven or eight times and i'll just say it in seven or eight different ways so, um, yeah, you're seeing your page. That's definitely, I feel like is going to end up helping me, uh, you know, on this and just in, just in life in general. That's awesome. man. I'm glad to hear it. That's the key, yeah. right? It's just practicing at it one at a time. So let's say you do the random word exercise. Once you could do this with your seven year old or, or if all of you have like nieces or nephews or kids, you just do that with each other and then Can you get really good at it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Give me a word. Cheese. Cheese for sure. So for everyone listening to this, cheese cheese was not given to me prior to this this episode. So here I go. As a kid, I always hated cheese. And the reason is because except if it was on pizza, and the reason is because 
I think, except my parents didn't really tell me until I got older, I'm lactose intolerant, at least a little bit. Because whenever I would drink milk or eat cheese, I'd always feel something in my body that wasn't so good. But when you're Indian like me, you don't really go to the doctors that much. So, so I always skipped it. And the reason I tell all of you this is there's some things in life that taste good in different seasons of life. So for me, the cheese tastes really good on pizza, but in everything else, it tastes really bad. In the same way in our life, there might be different sports or hobbies or things that we'll learn to love in that moment, in that season, but then another season in our life will end up eating something else or doing something else with their life. So I encourage all of you to love the things that you enjoy right now for in the next season of life, you might end up enjoying something completely different. That was so that's excellent. the random word. That was excellent. Wow. wow. Just to clarify, uh, cheese uh, holds a little bit of weight here because it's one of our uh, most favored guests. Uh, we Indeed. have a wrestler called The Cheese, and he's been uh, quite good. He actually introduced us to men's health for the most part, I'm pretty sure. Right? Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. So, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, uh, one of our buddies, so that, that was perfect. <laughs> that was fantastic. And I thought I was a good BSer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He literally just went on a minute and a half ramble about being like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it a lot. That's why. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's beautiful. That's cool. And you know, for anybody listening, like if you want to be able to do that, man, if you want to be able to make a pitch to somebody or something, please check this guy out because, like, I just watched the elevator. I'm gonna have to go watch it again, but just watching that and like, because I've never really had to make an elevator pitch to somebody because, like, we all work in like the trades, so. We're not exactly in like a corporate office with an elevator, but, um, you know, the, the idea, <laughs> the idea, the idea of an elevator pitch though, uh, is something that I, I feel like is, yeah, it's probably going to be pretty useful. Um, just a, in daily life. Elevator. So well, I think our pitches are also getting, <laughs> getting more and more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for mentally intense for us, because now that we're getting a little more success with our podcast, we're asking more and more higher end people to become guests on our show. And like, yep. for example, there's a guest, uh, we're not gonna bring up exactly who he is, but uh, Mike made a graphic for him and I was worried that it might offend him. So I was like, I don't know if I want to message him, you know, but uh, you know, it's, it, we got to work. I specifically got to work on the confidence part, man, and being able to, to speak to people that I maybe I'm intimidated in a way by, you know, I think that that's, uh, that's a skill I could definitely get from you guys. Absolutely, right? Especially when, when you guys are interviewing higher and higher level people. You know, the intention that you're setting for the interview is really going to dictate the messaging. Especially as you go up on the celebrity stack. Like, if you guys start interviewing, like, really, really big names in the WWE, you really want to differentiate yourselves with the questions and the insights that you're sharing because they're being interviewed all the time. So right. when you ask them a different type of question or a perspective, they really remember you, and uh, and then you get all the opportunities. That's usually why we like to ask people, like you know, which we'll ask you as well. You know, like what what's your favorite breakfast dish? You know, <laughs> like we're we're not going to ask you, hey, what was your favorite match? Hey, what was your favorite? The because you know what I've watched a lot of those interviews because I watch a lot of different wrestling podcasts, and they all ask the same questions. And I, I feel like watching those is a way to learn too. like, okay, what, what are these wrestlers being asked all the time that it's just like, okay, here's another softball question. And I'm not saying we got to hit them with the hard hitting, you know, journalist questions. Cause that's not us at all, but just make it, make it a memorable show, you know? Absolutely. That's really the key. And I love that. Yep. Have so fun. What, what's Number your favorite breakfast food? <laughs> so, I really like the burrito, but to be honest, I do a lot of intermittent fasting, so I rarely eat breakfast. I probably um, only eat, okay. I only eat breakfast maybe 5% of the time, but I mostly eat it like if it's really tasty, like if it's like pancakes or something. What's your fasting schedule? <laughs> That's so random. My fasting no, I, schedule I, is No, you're not such... the first. I've known plenty of people that have intermittent yeah, fasting. I actually, yeah, I used to work with a guy beer. that did it, so. <laughs> Wor it worked out it worked out really well for him too so yeah, it, yeah. Awesome. actually it's I funny unintentionally by working night shift 
Whatever. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's funny. As a kid, we called it not having enough money to eat breakfast, and today we call it intermittent <laughs> fasting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we I fast from uh, 10 p.m. to 2 p.m. Okay. okay. That's, that's not terrible. I mean, you yeah, so you wake up in the morning, you know, you kind of. I couldn't do that. I gotta eat. I drink a lot of water. Yeah, I'm drinking. I'm drinking a pretty good amount of water. I don't drink coffee or tea either. I, I gave up on tea like seven months ago, so I just drink hot water all day. Are you completely okay. caffeine free? I think so. Technically, I should be. Yeah, if I'm not. That, drinking... uh, that hot water comment, man. I listened to a, uh, a podcast with Mike Tyson, and ever since then, I prefer my water room temperature or warm. And it, it, it not only does it make your fat more soluble, and it'll break up in the warm water and it'll help dissipate fats out of your body and helps it helps you digest better it's it's just overall better for your body to drink room temperature or warm water i did not know that i'll take yeah. that as a plus mike tyson oh. swears by it and he looks like he's a million bucks so trust me i, I saw bad decisions <laughs> i did i did see it was like a reel or something like that on on instagram where it was just like so did you know that uh, cold water, drinking warm water is actually better for you than drinking cold water. And then it like cuts to this guy. He's like, "Why does everything good in life suck? Like, <laughs> just like, like why does everything have to be bad for you? Everything good, even water. Yeah, but if it's too cold, mm, no, yeah. cancer. <laughs> it is though. Like you just think like, oh, this is good for me, and it's like actually you should be drinking that." you know, oh, close to boiling hot. Why? Why can't I just have cold water and it'd be good for me? Um, but it, it honestly makes sense, though, when you say that, Cephas, because, like, what do you use to get, you know, grease and shit off your dishes? Hot water. Dog. What does cold water do? Solidifies it. Makes it harder to get off. Mm -hmm. You think about it that way, and it makes a lot of sense. It makes Mike Tyson, he eats, you know, a lot of meat and, and vegetables. He's basically keto. You know what I mean, and uh, mm -hmm. he—that's—he says he keeps himself clean with warm water. You know, and that makes a lot of sense. It really well, does. At least he's not eating Evander Holyfield's children. That's yeah. true. Yeah, he does have gummies that are in are for sale in the shape of ears, which are pretty. Cool. <laughs> of course he does. Of yeah. course he does. How do you not? Oh, is Tyson. that because Tyson bite, bit some guy's ear in the yes. Evander Holyfield? Yeah, Evander uh, Holyfield's yeah, ear. Yeah. 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 Solid. Right off. Yeah, what an angry thing to do, right? Yeah. I've never, never once bit anyone like that. <laughs> you want to talk Here? about one of the just most interesting human beings that has ever lived? Like from like to the height of his popularity to now, like he's still out there. It's just like, hey, did you hear what Mike Tyson did today? And it's just something. I feel like it's always something totally off the wall, but. <laughs> punch a guy on a plane it was perfectly okay i was about yeah. to bring that up he actually beat the shit out of like a passenger or something yeah. <laughs> or when he called the news reporter a fucking piece of shit live on live on news he's like you can't say this it's mike you're a fucking rat piece of shit man <laughs> i mean it at least he's not as bad as like oj that just gets on twitter every day and it's just like so what's going on twitterverse i'm talking about like he'll just find like murder cases to talk about and it's just like dude no. can you not no. like Too and he'll soon. like comment he'll comment on the trials and stuff and but he'll act like people are asking me to comment on this so i don't know why really you don't know why crazy it's ridiculous you, ridiculous you know, speaking, speaking of killers or people of that sort may or may not be is a tyson there's one story about it, i don't know if you guys heard where he he was at a gym and he shook hands with this really shy guy, and he took he wanted to take a picture with him. And it turns out that guy killed like eight different people. And then the FBI like surrounded him the day after, and they thought they were like buddies or something. <laughs> <laughs> Got you again, Tyson. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Yeah, I'll pull it up while we're talking. Oh my I'm, gosh. I'm typing Mike Tyson serial killer. Yeah, and then <laughs> Mike like listen, guys, I don't know what's going on. I don't know this man. Why do you make him sound like Zesty? <laughs> All right, now Kith. <laughs> yeah, the guy's name's Dale. I just sent you guys the article. Excellent. Yeah, Mike's got an interesting life. <laughs> oh boy, Dale definitely looks like a serial killer 
for Holy sure. shit, man, guys. Yeah. <laughs> He's that neighbor that you're like... Oh, dear lord, mm. yeah. Is yeah. he holding invisible Do not invite guns him to game night. <laughs> Dale Hauser... To be a, he pretended to be a sports writer. Oh <laughs> so wait, was Tyson on this guy's list? And like they they found him before it happened. Uh, I don't think so. I think the guy was just based on what I heard. He's he was a big fan of Mike Tyson, so he came to the gym to like shake hands with him and take a picture with him. But yeah, peculiar. Yeah, really odd. Hold on, this quote right here. Um, he said, "I'm sorry." He said, no, he liked you, Mr. Tyson. He didn't like the 28 people that he shot and the eight that he killed. Like, what? <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> why, why did I never hear this? Yeah, I saw it random oh on some YouTube short. Yeah, it was really funny. I, I mean, not funny, that. but weird. Yeah. Sports writer. <laughs> wow, that's wild. That's um, yeah, I've never heard that either. Yeah. That's great. Well, good old Mike Tyson. something new on the DWO podcast. That's yeah. right, baby. They say um, you can't so new tricks. <laughs> with your master talk, master talk stuff, how long have you been doing this? So I've been how many coaching years for, you got under your belt? I've been coaching for eight wrestling t-shirt guy, but I've been doing this for uh, four as a, like as a YouTube channel. So I started it in Jan 2019. So it's been four and a half now. Okay. So do you do like... Uh, like in person events or you just do like the YouTube stuff. I, I, I didn't get a chance to look uh, like if you had the website or anything like that. I just saw the YouTube channel. You're, you're all good. Big rig. So yeah, 90% of it is online. Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, all the coachings we'll see done online. There's only 10% where I'll do in person. I'll do like one live event with like my clients in like Florida or something like once a year. We'll do that, and I'll attend like different events throughout the year. Like I have to be in Michigan okay. in August, and I just came back from Chicago a few months ago. So, yeah. being that uh, you're a coach, um, do you ever, or is there anybody that you still try to like learn from? Any any other uh, outlets that you like to kind of you know learn new stuff that you can then pass on? Oh, yeah. The learning never ends. I, I'm still getting started, too. I'm still fairly early in my career. But, but yeah, there's always something we can learn. I think Les Brown is a really good speaking coach that I'm learning a lot from. Vin Zhang is really good. Vanessa Van Edwards. So, yeah, I spend a lot of time. Not, not enough time, honestly. I should, I should study people more. Just studying, like, the greats, like Dale Carnegie, things like that, so that mm -hmm. I, could, I could get better. So, yeah. And I have a okay. coach, too, who coaches me. Okay. I just followed you on LinkedIn. You've got an awful lot of content on there, man. That's uh, it did quite a lot of interactions. You got eleven thousand followers on LinkedIn. You're like, a, you're like LinkedIn famous, dog. I, I think I, I think that was our biggest end of LinkedIn, which basically means nothing to to wrestling. No, I mean that that was my biggest thing was like when you reached out to us on the email, like we immediately went and looked you up on YouTube and. I think it was Mike text me. He's like, dude, this guy's got like 32,000 followers. What's he doing emailing us? That's what <laughs> <we're> like, <laughs> we haven't even broke 200. Like, what's going on? Uh, not, I mean, we appreciate you being on here, obviously. But, uh, yeah, we were like, man, that's pretty cool. Like, I wonder how he found out about us. So, but it's good to know that we're just on, like, a list. What did you say it was? It was like a... a, a it's like this, uh, there's this list called... There's two lists. There's one called listennotes.com. Uh, listennotes.com it's like a search engine for podcasters so you can type your podcast and it'll appear it's like the google but for podcasting and then there's another list on podcast hawk that allows you to kind of find podcasts and stuff and we're that's typing awesome. that's the best, right now that's the best way you're going to continue to create new content man and it works good for us as yeah, well that's a great question if even, you know, five of the people that are on your 32,000 follow us, that's growth for us. You know what I mean? So it's, it's good for us. And it's exposure for a whole different genre for wrestling world for you. You know what I mean? For and sure. There's a lot of wrestlers who could be listening to this right now who could use some help with speaking. Because there's a lot of wrestlers out there that just, frankly, are not good at speaking to the ring, uh, speaking to the crowd, you know what I mean? So they'll have someone doing it for them, a manager or a valet or, you know, a stronger tag team partner on the mic, you know? So there are people who could benefit from this in the wrestling world big time. 
Yeah, for sure, wrestling t-shirt guy. That's why, you know, I always say that this, there's a reason why Vince McMahon calls it the WWE now, not the WWF, right? Because the E yep. stands for entertainment. doesn't matter if you're a great wrestler. If you can't entertain the crowds, you can't sell tickets, well, you won't, you won't, be, a, you won't be a headliner, right? And that's really the, the key. So it's really important to put the E in WWE. Absolutely. How much would you say in like a presentation or a speech or how much is – you know, confidence and how much is preparation. I always feel like confidence is, is very, very key when it comes to, you know, speaking in front of people. Yeah, for sure, Mr. Magnificent. So for sure, both both sides are really important, right? So the delivery is important and the, the confidence, but the key is to get good at it one at a time. So, and I always like to start with confidence. So for me, it's always about doing the harder things. So let's say you're a wrestler trying to get into different leagues. You want to start with doing the random word exercise a lot. Because if you can just get used to talking about situations that have nothing to do with wrestling, like avocado toast, you're just a lot more comfortable in situations where you talk about wrestling, you talk about a match that's coming up because you're used to that content. And then over time, you get better at the prep. I'm sure all of the best orators in the WWE take a long time to prepare their speeches. And they also think about how will the audience react to their message. It's funny you mentioned that, man, because one of the greatest orators in WWE history was the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And for his later years, before he passed away, he would do what they called promo class, and he would bring all the new wrestlers in, and he would give them something like avocado toast. And he'd be like, all right, tell me why I should love avocado toast. And that's what they would do. They would literally have – you would take your big – super strong guy and make him be like okay tell me why you love flowers you know what i mean and he would try to put these people in uncomfortable situations and i feel like that's the best way you get good you know you, you really test yourself absolutely that's really the name of the game t-shirt guy which is how you present really matters when you do those things uncertainty and you do it a lot right not just when dusty Rhodes gives us the exercise but also like in general like as an exercise in the same way like we practice the the wrestling routines and to make sure the match goes well you also have to bring that regiment in your communication if you want to stand out yeah i imagine that's uh I guess the word would be like, it's almost a perishable skill. Like if you're not practicing it enough, I mean, it's like if you sit there all day and don't talk to anybody and then you talk to somebody at four o'clock in the afternoon, you're probably going to have, you know, be a bit verklempt and have a little something in your throat. So if you're not practicing over and over and over again, that's that skill is not going to be as sharp as it should be. Sorry. I didn't know. Wow, dude. <laughs> Wow. This is wrong, big man. I'm astute point here. Just going to go ahead and mute my. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, where did it come from? Get your fingers off your soundboard for (laughs) fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) They're playing with your This is Soundboard Wars. <laughs> it's, it really is. See, he's the only one that has one, though. So yeah, we're that's at his problem. mercy. For now. <laughs> For now, yeah. So um, how do you how do you ahead. practice? Do you like record yourself? Do you you go in front of a mirror? Um, right. So so. Pa- go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, you're all good, Mr. Magnificent. So part of part of you know practice for me is showing up on 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 podcasts like this, right? Because I'm I'm practicing communication, doing workshops. So a lot of it's built in for me. So I don't spend a lot of time recording myself and reviewing that. But with people that I coach, they'll send me videos and I'll review them because they're not really speaking as often as I am in the day to day. And then the other piece is doing small things that push me out of my comfort zone. I'll give you an example. This year. I created a new strategy called the birthday video message where I have a list of all my clients, all my best friends, all my partners, all my family members, and it shows me on a Google calendar whose birthday it is. So when it's their birthday, I take my phone out, I put my stupid $12 hat that I bought from Amazon that's a birthday hat, and I open my camera and I go, guess whose birthday it is today? It's yours. I hope you have a fantastic day. And I just do that almost every day. So that's, that's, that's another way that I practice. I'll be expecting that come April, yes. sir. I was yeah. just about to say the same thing. Be looking this, forward to mine. December fifteenth. Like, 
Thank I'm God so it's new these dates. Magnificence case. That's a good. Oh. I like committing to things like that too. Like you know, like don't get me wrong. I'm a busy guy, and I only had originally committed to do one day a week with these guys. But when they asked me to go full time, I need to have something to commit to. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it's good to have, uh, you know, stuff that you are tied to in a way. Like it, it gives you a reason for the train to keep going, even on the days when you don't feel like. It. Yeah, you don't have anything that you're committed to, do you? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I was saying, you talk about repetition, man. Watching this guy, if you've never watched any of his his videos, we, we've been there. You know, we watch him every day, obviously, uh, social media, but we've been there for quite a few. He's recorded and just watching him record it. And it's just, I always say, man, it's just butter. It's so smooth. It's like he, it's like he's done it a thousand times. 529. So if you're, if you're not clear <laughs> what they're talking about, real quick, I've gone 529 days. Uh, consecutively wearing a pro wrestling t-shirt design, taking a video of it and uploading it to a drive that uh, Guinness has access to. And I am the world record holder for the most consecutive days wearing a t-shirt, hence wrestling t-shirt guy. So, yeah, so I'm all about nonsense world records. So, but like he says, every single day, I say the same exact thing, just slightly different. And I think that's real, a lot of where I get my uh, public speaking from. And people always tell me that I could sell an ice cube to an Eskimo. And I, 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 I kind of get it. You know what I mean? Because I just, I can talk. I've always had that ability. I mean, this guy was on the Dusty Rhodes A&E documentary, too. They had him talking for a solid, what, good 20, 30 seconds on there? Yeah. Well, and there's only an hour in that documentary, you know, and I got a whole 30 seconds. That's, that's right, amazing. Buddy. Right, like I know him. <laughs> you guys are pretty famous. I love it. Why are you guys looking I mean, at me like he's the famous guy? This guy. Oh, wait, this oh trust guy. me, we have latched right onto here. him, and we're not letting him go. No, yeah. sir. Rubbing elbows are super guys. strong. <laughs> trust me, we get it all the time. We'll be like, "Oh, dude, we're going to this wrestling event, and this so and so is going to be there," and he'll be like, "Yeah, so like I hung out with him back in 2000." Ten or something, you know. Like I'm just like, okay, we get it. You know, a lot of people. Um, but it, in, in reality, we love that he has those connections because we get to vicariously be like, we know the guy that has those connections. Well, now, now you guys are the connections too, because I'm bringing every connection I got to this podcast. So Trump. I'm gonna try to get every guest I can to come to this show. So, and awesome. we we definitely like you were talking about before with kind of making that pitch to. Because we obviously do got to go to a lot of wrestling events, and some of the people that are at these events are people that are on national television every week. You know, so it's like, um, how do we come across as like professional, but not like, hey, we're gonna, you know, ask you a bunch of ridiculous questions that you're not gonna want to answer, you know, whatever. Uh, so it's trying to find that like you said, that elevator pitch where it's like, it's kind of the same, but it, each one's a little bit different because it, it's curated towards that person and kind of being like Cephas where his is just, it's it's butter every single time because he's saying the same phrase right out the gate, but then it's kind of curated towards whatever shirt he's wearing. Same with whoever we're, you know, maybe trying to get as a guest on the podcast. For sure. There's actually a strategy that some of the top guys are implementing that you guys can do. Because I don't see anyone doing this with pro wrestlers. Which is, you keep you keep the show fun. You keep the show entertaining. So it's not like, oh, Brendan, what did you learn from your childhood trauma as a kid? No, no, no. It's not that stuff. But it's more about saying, like, you I mean, find quirky things about their life and you bring them up in the interview. But the reaction from the guest is like, how did you know that? And it blows their mind. I'll give you an example in the music industry that you guys might or might not be familiar with. There's a guy named Nardwar. Who Love Nardwar. Yeah. So he's actually, he's based in Vancouver. He's Canadian. And he's been interviewing like rap legends and music celebrities since like the 1990s. And the guy's, for lack of a better word, he's a legend. But a lot of people consider him like a weirdo. He's got like a weird hat on. He goes he's up a to human people. serviette. Yeah, the human serviette. He goes. He has like millions of subscribers. He's had a lot of success in the interview space. But he got interviews with Pharrell Williams, J. Cole, Jay Z, Drake. Like, like a uh, Drac Harlow said at the end of his interview with Nardwar, he's like, 
when I was 15 years old, I would watch your interviews, and one day my dream was to be on your show. And he literally says that. But the reason I bring oh, wow. up Nardway, Nardwar is he asks such bizarre questions about the guest. So let's say he's interviewing. I don't remember one. I, I watched a couple, but let's say like Pharrell Williams. I remember that interview. He would like pull up a gift of some record that nobody has heard of that Pharrell created. And then he would go, tell me about this. And then Pharrell would look at the record. He would look at him and be like, this is one of the most impressive interviews of my life. <laughs> and, he interview- and he introduced him to JC like two hours later to interview him. It was wow, wild. Wow. So that's what you guys need to do. You guys need to ask weird, quirky questions, but that is really related to their life that they haven't been asked before. So we need we- to stalk people. Basically, yeah. that's what he does, yeah. Um, I mean, we kind of had that uh, on, on a previous show. Um and it, it actually sparked uh, a really, like, at first we were like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have brought that up. But, like, hearing him kind of explain what we brought up, it was like, wow, it felt like he really actually wanted to kind of tell that story and get get that out there type thing. So it was, it was, it was kind of cool to, like you said, bring up little, you know, quirky things that people may not know of. And then, hey, here's the whole story right here. Correct. And and to be clear here, and then jump in, T-shirt guy, is like the moments you have to pick are ones that make them feel good about themselves, not catch you moments. Not like, hey, I got you. Oh, you were the you dated Jeanette when she was 19 and she hated your guts and broke up with you. Not like that moment, but the one like the first music collaboration you had with that kid that nobody right. knows about. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely don't want to be those people. We don't want to be, you know, try to put somebody yeah, on we're blast. Not, or... not the gotcha people, no. Yeah. We're here um, to have a good time. Literally, we could have a guest scheduled next week and him getting into a super huge scandal the day before, and we won't even bring it up. Man. We just want to discuss, you know what I mean? We want to discuss whatever, uh, you know, is, is on our minds at the time. You know what I mean? Now, if he wanted to discuss it, that'd be a whole different thing. But, uh, you know, we just kind of roll with the punches and just try to enjoy our show. You know what I mean? And that is another thing we we tend to bring up uh, when we do pitch or if, like, they accept being a guest is I kind of just like, hey, is there anything that, you know, you don't want to bring up or you don't want to talk about or whatever? Because you don't want that awkward, like, oh, I'd, I'd really rather not talk about that, you know? So if they can give us that as a heads up, it just makes the show so much easier and more fun uh, to talk about. Absolutely. How are you at freestyle rapping? <laughs> Not that great. I, I practice a lot of rapping, but not like my own. I don't create my own stuff. So I'll like pull up songs and I'll like practice it. I actually teach clients this because it helps you with flow and articulation. But a freestyle, I'm really bad at. I'm not that good at like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish I was good at it. Yeah, it's not a. As quick witted as I feel I am, like I just can't. I can't put bars together to save my life. It always amazes me when I see somebody do it. I'm just like, how? Where? What? what, what, what? I can't next, get it. Next oh, time we'll have a battle. Yeah, you know, funny enough, you guys won't believe me when I tell you this, by the way. There is a guy who interviewed me on a podcast who was dressed in a banana. Okay, he's dressed <laughs> in a banana. And at the end of the show, he 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 did he did a like a bat a diss battle. And he started dissing me and I started laughing. It was so funny. <laughs> and he was like, now it's your turn. I was like, I don't want to diss you, dude. He was like, oh, okay. Thanks for watching, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I just flipped him off. Like, you did. Hey, if I'm you're still in contact with him, tell him tell him that one of the members of DWO will rap battle him. Oh, and yeah. That. You guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll make. Uh, let me find will. That. Yeah, I will. Rap, I will go on his show and rap battle him. Yes. Oh, I'm sure he'd love to have you. But do you have to wear do you, well Cephas if he goes on there, he has to wear a peanut butter and jelly costume. <laughs> if the guy's wearing a banana costume yeah, that'd and they could do I've peanut got a gumby peanut butter jelly. I think a gumby costume could work. Oh yes. <laughs> oh no, Banana mode. the podcast November twenty twenty two. Never mind. No. Yeah, you guys could listen to the episode I was on. Not too bad. <laughs> Banana made Jordan. Banana mode Jordan. Yeah, there you go. That's Banana that's interesting. <laughs> Jordan is a banana. He talks to people. Anything goes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of the weirder shows I've ever been on. It was uh, something else. Dude, 
I mean, that's got it. It seems so weird. Yeah, like that's. If I feel like those are the best shows, though. Please contact the DWO podcast if you have a weird show and you're just a weird person. Contact us. We probably yeah. have you as a guest. We probably have a lot in common. We probably. Yeah, we probably <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it, I, I always feel like those shows are like you can have your you know niche uh, podcasts and shows, whatever you want to call them. Um, but I feel like some of the most successful just like podcasts or radio shows, whatever you want to call them, are just shows about nothing. And same, same with like TV shows. Like, uh, I mean, Seinfeld was one of the most successful sitcoms ever, and it was just a show about nothing, about daily life. And it was kind of a – there wasn't a, a point necessarily. It was just, hey, this is daily life. And, like, I feel like, yeah, we do talk about pro wrestling a lot, but we try to keep it to where we're not just like, hey, let's review every single match that happened on Dynamite or SmackDown or whatever. We just kind of yeah, we'll talk about whatever. And our shows will go off on a tangent. So I think that is a good thing that we have going. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we just – this thing started organically. And it just kind of – we've just had fun doing it. So it's, you know, we don't want to try to take ourselves too seriously and get away from, you know, the core of – of everything you know it wasn't that hey we're gonna do this and try to be famous or try to make a bunch of money and stuff like that because those are those are pipe dreams for teenagers you know but, <laughs> you know uh, my you know, dream we, is with this podcast one day maybe we talk to like a mick foley or uh be amazing or, or you know just someone on that level somebody that i have uh tremendous respect for you know what i mean a not only do you got the Mick tattoo, I've got a hundred Mick autographs. Mick's, Mick is, I think Mick might be our, our our like dream guest. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I talked to Stone Cold too, but uh, you know, I feel like Mick's just one of those guys that God, he's got every story, and he's. I mean, he's already a a fantastic talker. I mean, he's yeah. wrote his own book. He's done his one man show. Like, yeah, he's amazing. Wrote like five children's books. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yep. He's, Which I uh, think of. <laughs> That's how bad. Who would you consider is. one of the the best public speakers of all time? Of all time? Since we're on a professional wrestling podcast, I'll give you my wrestling list and all-time list. Touche. I would say all-time. It's tough, right? Because it's so subjective. But if I had to pick, I like Tony Robbins a lot. I think okay. Tony's one of the best motivational speakers ever. The the guy's notorious for having ridiculous stamina. He he speaks for twelve hours straight without a bathroom break. It's wild, and I've seen it. I've seen it in person. Like I went to go see him speak once. He doesn't do it as much anymore because he's getting older now. He's like 64, 65. But in his prime, oh, yeah, it was pretty oh wild. So that's that's one guy. I like Gary Vaynerchuk a lot. I love Gary V. Yeah. Gary, Gary's the guy who inspired me a lot to start posting content on social media. Because I was a pretty insecure kid hey. when I started making social media content. So, so yeah, he's he is a big one. Alex Hormozzi is relatively new as an influencer, so not a lot of people know him yet. But he's uh, he's really good in the business world. Wrestlers, I'm a big fan of The Rock. I, I just love the way that he pulls in an audience. And you hear his theme song, you just know it's him, right? That's mm -hmm. the magic. I like Stone Cold as well. His communication style is really like in your face, like F you, I'm going to crush everybody. And then he kind of stuns everybody. So I just like his communication. It fits wrestling really well. And then if I had to pick a third one, it would probably be between Jericho and The Miz. I want to know who to pick, though. They're both really good. I would probably give a slightly edge to Jericho just because I think yeah. he's a little bit more versatile. But, uh, but yeah, those are probably my top three. Like I, I have been known to say that Jericho could eat a live puppy on on a wrestling show, and I would probably say the puppy deserved it. So, oh, <laughs> Cephas Cephas likes likes heels like way I too like much. Jericho. Um, I don't think he likes Jericho. I well, I'll tell you. So Jericho. since you don't really watch uh, uh, modern, um, yeah, I, I mean, have you ever have you ever heard Paul Heyman talk? Man, yeah. like the manager Paul Heyman. Is it the bald dude? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like used to manage Undertaker and Kane and stuff. Yeah, way you know back in the day. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. 
Not Paul not, Bearer. Not Paul Bearer. Oh, uh, that's who I was talking Paul about. Paul Heyman, the guy that was with Brock Lesnar forever. I know uh, Brock Lesnar, but I don't know Paul is. Um, but, yeah. so, Paul Heyman, and then, um, I'll tell you one of my favorites right now, which, I mean, Mike already knows who I'm going to say, Eddie Kingston, man. That guy is one of the realest, like, talkers on the mic. Like, he just, everything you say, he says, you just, I, I believe every word you're saying that's coming yes. out of your mouth. And uh, I love that about it. And it's not necessarily that he's like articulate or anything like that. It's just the 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 passion and the inflection in his voice. And it's you know, you know you get a lot of wrestlers that'll cut a promo, and it's just it's the same inflection. It's the same kind of substance to it. And his are just completely off the cuff. And not that they're like you know like shock value or anything like that. They're just real. And I, I love that about him. So I definitely want to make a second though, to make sure that we mentioned someone new who I think is absolutely an excellent orator. And when he breaks out on his own, I feel like he's going to have one of the greatest careers of all time. Uh, Montez Ford. I think yes. Montez Ford has a way on the mic that I've not seen in a while. And I feel like if they gave him the right push, he could have rock level tendencies of of controlling the mic the way that he does because he's he's just captivating. I mean his his cadence and everything, man, it's so Feel good. Down. He it, his his promo style and everything it doesn't allow for the infamous you know what chant or anything like that. He's so good at just weaving all that in there. He's awesome. Uh, but I agree with Mike. He definitely. I want to see heel Montez Ford so bad. What? <laughs> what? 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 Um, what? So I actually hang on. I gotta send that to you. Talk amongst yourselves. I gotta find this from uh, I was just talking about. Yeah, Eric mentioned like trying to pitch, you know, um, people to be on the show and stuff. That's something I'm very terrible about. You know, whenever I get put in the moment for some reason, like, you know. Any place else, I'll talk to anybody. But as soon as I feel like, you know, somebody's a, a celebrity or important, you know, for some reason, I, I I get all, I get nervous. I guess. I mean, is there any kind of advice you can give to kind of, you know, work past that? Yeah, for sure, Mister Magnificent. There's two approaches. The first one is remember it's a numbers game. So a lot of this pitching doesn't even need to be in person. You guys would be surprised how many B and A list celebrities would say yes to an interview, even if the interview is in massive, if you ask nicely. You'd be really surprised, right? right? It's, ju it's just an email at the right place at the right time that's customized to them. So when, when, when I'm coaching a client on this, it's really simple. I just force them to make a list of 200 dream clients, uh, excuse me, dream guests that they wish they'd want to have on the show. And then I force that person to email all 200. And they're always shocked when one of them goes, yeah, I'll just be on your show. Just tell me when. And they're, yeah. she's like, what? Like, what in the world? You won't get a huge response rate. It won't be like 50 of them saying yes. But for sure, if you email 200 pro wrestlers, I'd be shocked if at least one of them didn't say yes. I'd be shocked. Boys, boys, we accept this challenge, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You guys are three so, people, so you can do 100 each. So, it's even so here, here's the only roadblock in that is that if they are with any of the, like, AEW or WWEs of the world, they have to get it approved, like, by their... Like, you have to go through their PR for them oh. to even, like, talk to you type thing. So... um here, I mean, guys we can email John Snyder 200 times. And <laughs> I'll, hopefully... I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you guys a, a, a trick that I doubt nobody's doing in the industry. So the secret, guys, and if you implement this, it's gold, is not to interview the wrestler first. It's to interview the PR person. So the pitch is not, hey, could I get Edge on the show? The pitch is, hey, Leslie, we'd love for you to talk more about your career in public relations within the WWE. We'd love to have you on the show. That's Dude. the pitch. And then when Leslie's on, then, because, like, think about it. The relationship I have with you guys changes before I'm on the show to now I'm on the show. So yes. now that we've we spent 50 minutes... I like if I had a pro wrestler in my network, boom, I'd call them up right now. I don't I have I have some high level people, but not 
not pro. But if I did, I'd call them up right now and say, "Hey, like, even if even if there's two listeners, I'd say, oh, these guys are great. Like, you should spend an hour talking to them." So when you interview Leslie, like she's an awesome guest, I'm just using that as a name. At the right. end, Leslie will just love you guys, and and then you go, "Hey, Leslie, like." We heard Edge has a new book coming up. We'd love to end this. Like, don't even worry about it, guys. Let me make it happen. <laughs> that is right. So we've kind of done that, not with the intention of, like, getting other people, but, like, we've just wanted to branch out and, like, we don't just want to interview wrestlers. I mean, hence, like, you know, we have you on here. We have, we've had uh, ringside videographers. We've had um, just all, all different kind of people throughout the industry, not just the wrestling talent themselves, because you know what, all those people that are, you know, behind the scenes, like they have some really cool stories too. And, uh, it's opened up some really cool avenues for us. We're about to have a comedian who hosts one of the top 20 food podcasts in the world. He's going to be on our show on the 27th, for example, that's breaking news, by the way. I don't think we've mentioned this. Yeah, on June uh, June twenty seventh, we will have Mark Borison from the Jungle Gems podcast, which is probably one of our most uh, elite guests. When you talk about the amount of uh, uh, work that that man's done, so yeah. besides Brendan, of course, <laughs> oh, you guys are too current company excluded. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call you Mister Magnificent. That's right. <laughs> hey, there we go. Seasoning. <laughs> Now you've learned the story of the t-shirt guy and Mr. Magnificent. Wait till you figure out why he's called Big Ring. <laughs> hey, Honestly, here. I I don't think I'm ready for that answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. His other nickname. What's up, Dave? How the heck are you? That's our uh, worry, our buddy our buddy in the uh, podcasting wrestling community, um, Dave over at the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, he's really awesome, actually. He's the only person that CM Punk ever seems to respond to on on social media. So it's pretty cool. CM, CM Punk, Punk confidant, man. Wow, that's um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's because it, like he's like notorious for like not really wanting to talk to the press or anything like that. But like Dave, what he does is he'll just post wrestling news all day long, and like on Instagram, he is like the only page that cm punk will like comment on the posts and it's just like everybody's like dude do you like know him personally he's like no he just comments on my stuff and he's also like the biggest cm punk punk fan on earth which makes it even cooler so that's so cool that's love you dave hopefully we see you revolver that would be cool Uh, no dude he's gonna be a collision you kidding me at the united center yeah okay touche Yeah. <laughs> what's what's collision? Is that a wrestling event? It, it's, it's a new show that's coming out for AEW. And uh, Punk is there. Yeah. Ah, uh, cool. So yeah. they have uh we're gonna dino, they have di- so like how WWE has Raw and SmackDown. Yep. Uh AEW has Dynamite, um, which is their like flagship show, and they're now starting another one on Saturdays called Collision, um, which is gonna be another live two hour show. Oh, so, pretty is cool. that two separate companies? Yes. AEW and WWE, yes. Uh, oh. A lot, a lot of people make the comparison of AEW is basically what WCW was back in the nineties. Ah, uh, yes, I know WCW. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's geared um, a little more towards like, uh, like I don't want to say an older audience, but like a more mature audience. Um, you know, there's much more. It's a little ECW kind of action mixed in there, you know. It's um, some sparse language, you know, some some blood. It's um, spicier. It's it's spicier. it's, it's good, definitely good not as PG as WWE is. So yeah, it feels um, more like the Attitude Era, you know, the good old, you know, Stone Cold Rock DX days. It feels a lot, a mm. lot more of that feel to it. So it's kind of drug us back into it, you know. We were, you know, I know uh, Eric and myself were both kind of lax fans there. And, Sorry, uh, I got a Dave. Post. It's easy on the eyes. It is. <laughs> You're right, Dave. Because um, that's that's one of the one of my criticisms of WWE. All the camera cuts, man. It hurts. Hurts my head. But uh, no, it. I mean, it. I. Sorry, I'm fumbling all over everything. So AEW and WWE, I think, are both good in their own ways like 
AEW is really good at putting on really good in-ring matches, whereas mm. WWE might be a little bit better at like storytelling and stuff like that. So it's kind of you know a way I just, like a way I like to equate it is it's Friday night football at a high school is AEW, and then NFL is your WWE. They're both entertaining in their own ways. They both have their own merits. You know what I mean? You're more likely to meet someone at the football at the high school than you are at the NFL game. It's kind of the same thing all the way around. You know what I mean? We, we went to uh, AEW show not too long ago. We ran into Vicky Guerrero. Uh, we ran yep. into. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it, it's just neat. You know what I mean? We got to meet. We went to a meet and greet upstairs to go meet Wardlow and uh, FTR. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, the guns and uh, Big Bill come through. And it was just, you know, they just randomly show up at this meet and greet that we're at. And it was just, you yeah. know, pretty cool. It was cool. That stuff don't um, happen with WWE. Yeah. We sit there and watch the show, and it's like, oh, met them, met them, <laughs> yeah. met them. They cut a promo for us, met them, yeah. met yeah. them. It's like, wow, this is incredible. And we haven't even been doing this a year. And it's like, and it, kind of on the on the cuff of what you said is like about asking people. It's amazing how many yeses we've got. And I, I used to be a salesman uh, years back before I got uh, for learn my trade. And that was one thing they told us, you know, was just ask everybody. I sold cell phones, um, and so it was asking everybody. You know, if you ask ten people, out of those ten people, nine might tell you might tell you no. But if that one person tells you yes, you know, then it's all worth it. And it's much the same. Game exactly. Three hundred. I'm going to use my ability that I know Rebby Hardy's personal email. I'm going to ask her now that I've now that we've talked today. I'm going to, I'm going to send that out there. I'm going to try to put that out there in the world. She's not. She's yeah, not right. under contract to nobody. You know what I mean? Dude, that'd be awesome. I would love. I'll it. write. I'm going to write this email to John Schneider. Do it. Well, you I, have inspired me, sir. I I got a real tip, Brendan. I really feel like in, in our group chat, our private group chat that the dads have here, we're going to. Uh, I'm going to make these guys at least, I think we at least need to do 50 a piece. That way we can do out 150, 150 emails and we'll make the emails, uh, you know, specific to them. And we'll try to do some crazy out of the park guests and then some lower end guests, you know what I mean? And try to try to see what we can do and see if we can't, you know, bear some fruits. And we'll, we'll have to have you on at the end of all of that. Once we, once we see how many, uh, uh, how many fruits, we have got from the seeds we're planting. So, amazing! You can't wait to hear it. I'm glad it was helpful, guys. Absolutely. No, it's a, it's just cool when you hear that. Uh, you know, you you make it sound like it's so simple, but it's not something that I would have thought of. You know, unless I, you know, just now heard it from you. So, um, we really appreciate all uh, the advice and the coaching and learning about uh, your trade that you apply because it sounds like you do it pretty darn well we've learned i know i've learned a ton um tonight so same uh we very much appreciate you coming on here um is there anything that you would like to plug before we uh wrap up for sure for sure guys well first of all thanks so much for having me this is a treat and i can't wait to hear what the results are it'd be sick if you guys text me two weeks ago Brendan, John Cena is going to be on the podcast. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It worked. If that happens, I owe you. A, I owe you a dinner, bud. <laughs> I'll take it gladly. And Look, we'll so, put him on the list. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. So, so big thanks for, for having me, guys. And two ways to keep in touch. The first one's the YouTube channel. Just type Master Talk, and you'll have access to hundreds of free videos. And the second is we do a free communication workshop for the community over Zoom. It's a 90-minute call. I facilitate it myself. So if you want to jump on that, go to rockstarcommunicator.com. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much again for coming on. We really appreciate it, uh, having you on here. Um, we learned a lot. Hopefully anybody listening or watching at home has learned a lot as well, or anybody that's going to watch this after it uh, or replays it or whatever you want to call it. Um but we have been the DWO Podcast. I've been Big Rig. He has been Mr. Magnificent Mike Martin. He's yes, been wrestling t-shirt guy Cephas. And he has been the master of talk, Brendan Kuma. God damn it. I, damn it. <laughs> oh, I messed up. I was so close. You almost ended perfect. Oh.
Not a great way to wrap up on the Master Talk episode, but uh, Brendan, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's that's appropriate now. That's appropriate. Yeah. Um, you can find us on all our socials at DWO underscore podcast. We are on Pro Wrestling Tees and Tee Public. Uh, give us some support. Buy a shirt. Buy a tech Tee Public. You can put our logo on pretty much anything you want. You can buy a throw pillow, for crap's sake. Um, Sweet. It's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. Um, well, I think that's going to be all from us. Until next time, Top Dads out.